You're listening to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Each week, we will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. Be prepared for tears and laughter as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable, so get your boots on. It's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. My name is Julie Gus's mom. And I am Tracy Emma's mom. And uh, in the studio, we have Tori. Hi, Tori. Hi, Tori. Hi. Hi. And I say in the studio, it's like not really in the studio, but our online studio. <laughs> in the interweb studio. <laughs> That's right. Tori, where are you calling us from? I am calling from Cambridge Springs, Pennsylvania. Backyard. Remind us whose mama are you? I am Cade's mom and Jace's mom. Cade and Jace. Jace. Mm -hmm. I like those four letter names. Uh They're strong. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. How do you know about Emma's Footprints? So obviously I'm from um, Cambridge Springs, so I have heard about Emma's Footprints for a while now. Um, I think just probably through social media. And then I haven't known a lot of people that have used your organization, but when we lost um, our second one, I reached out through Facebook, just looking for like more support, just people to talk to. And then that's how I really, I guess, learned about you. Dove in. Okay. So you're, you're married. Yep. Mm -hmm. And what's your husband's name? His name is Cam Cameron, but short for Cam. Cam. Okay, so when you guys got married, um, were you guys talking about having babies, or what did that look like? Yep, so um, I when we, when we got married, I was still in college, so we knew we wanted to have kids, but we wanted to try to wait until after I graduated or close to graduating. Um, so mm-hmm. I graduated, we got married in 2018, and I actually graduated in um, December of... 2020 yes um but actually when we were dating before we were even like engaged we kind of had a kid talk and just kind of made sure we both wanted kids because if we I guess for me if he didn't want kids then I knew that yeah you know probably wasn't going to be right but then he was he really wanted kids too so um so we started dating we uh only dated for nine months until we got engaged. We got engaged like after nine months of dating. And then we had a long engagement. So we had a year and a half um, engagement. Um, so yeah, and then after we got married, we waited a few years and I found out I was pregnant the first time while I was still, like I had one more semester left before it was the summer that I found out I was um, pregnant, I guess. Expecting. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. What, how did you... How did you know to take a test? Um, so actually, it was kind of like spontaneous. I just kind of had a feeling that I was pregnant. And actually, he worked night shift at the time. So I came home from work, and he was still sleeping. So I had to wait for him to wake up to tell him. Um, so I took a test, and then it was positive. And I was shocked, honestly, the first time. I think that was a huge shock for me. I remember... I was in our bathroom and I was just kind of waiting to look and then I looked and I just saw the two lines and felt like I just 
was overwhelmed, I guess. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. And then he was really excited. <laughs> I actually got a, um, a little baggie and had a binky. And on the binky, I said, I can't wait to meet you, daddy. And I gave it to him and he opened it and he looked at me. He's like, you're pregnant. And um, like, we both were just really excited. And he gave me a hug. And um, and honestly, we were really excited to tell people. So that was exciting. What year Did was you wake this? him up from his, his sleep then? He said, no, I waited. I said so that was really hard for me because I waited until he was awake. So when he came downstairs, oh I was just kind of remember like pacing and just like, come on, wake up. Anxious. Yeah. yeah. Being really noisy downstairs. Trying to I no, I, I was trying to like not lead on that something was going on. I wanted to surprise him, but I was also like, like, come on, like, wake up. I'm ready to tell you. Yeah. What year was this? Sorry. So this, I found out I was um, pregnant in, it was during COVID. And I found out, um, I believe in June, late June of 2020. So did you call the doctor's office right away? Because I think, I mean, yep. things changed. Yeah. Um, that right. point I called the doctor's office. Yeah. I called my OB and um, she sent me for blood work. And um, I had like the blood work uh positive result and then actually she sent me for because at that point I couldn't I wasn't sure how far along I was I couldn't remember like the last date of my cycle so she ended up sending me for an ultrasound and um it was just like it was brand new I mean they had just found the baby on the ultrasound and it was actually still like in its um little yolk sac so like there wasn't a heartbeat or anything it was like like I had to have just been pregnant um yeah and then actually, so no, because um, I miscarried really early with my first one. So um, after like my first ultrasound, I started having like a few days later, I started having some cramping, didn't really think a lot of it. And then I started having like light bleeding and then um, mm -hmm. turned into like really heavy bleeding, really heavy cramping. So and unfortunately, with it being COVID, um, I normally doctor in, um, at Meadville, Meadville OB, and mm -hmm. I ended up going to Erie to Hammett to the emergency room because during COVID Meadville wasn't allowing support people to come in, but Erie Hammett was. So, um, Cam was able to come with me and the baby still hadn't developed out of like, honestly, it was still the same stage as what it was the initial ultrasound. Um, and my HCG levels had dropped from the initial um like blood work testing yeah. um so i mean i i i kind of i wasn't like over overly familiar but i i kind of knew that we were in the process of having a miscarriage and the doctors at erie like didn't necessarily like they still i felt like kind of tried to give me like a false hope that it was okay but um i wish they would have just kind of pulled the rug right out from underneath me and just said mm -hmm. at that point like expect um so we ended up going home um and then I ended up miscarrying at home and then went back mm -hmm. to the emergency room just to like have another ultrasound to make sure um wow so that was my first miscarriage those... and it was easy like it was early I guess yeah I mean but heavy because number one it's your first pregnancy 
Yeah. Number two, yeah. it's COVID and the, the unknown of everything is surrounding mm-hmm. us. Yeah. And then you're saying you drove for the listeners from, from Meadville area to Erie. So you're driving, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. In my brain, it's 30 minutes. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not for some. Yeah, it's about 30 um, minutes or so. Yeah. And then oh. you miscarry at home. Mm-hmm. What was that like? That was really hard because I wasn't, um, like, I was kind of assuming I was miscarrying because honestly, I've, since we lost our first two, um, I, we have two healthy babies, thankfully, but, um, when I lost my first two, when I lost, when I had the miscarriage at home, it was honestly like a home delivery. I, um, I felt the same way as I did when I was giving birth to our other two children, um. So it was honestly like kind of it was awful because it was very painful. Mm-hmm. I remember um like like trying to walk and like feeling like hunched over and um not I don't know, I was just very just a lot of pain and then it, the worst part I think for me though was right after like it like I miscarried and I knew that I had miscarried. Um I was fine. So like as soon as it was over, if it as soon as it was over, it was just over, and that was really hard. Um, and then actually, my parents were at our house when I miscarried too, and it was early in the morning. Um, and I remember walking out of the bathroom after I miscarried, and I said I I just had a miscarriage, and my mom said, "How are you feeling?" And I said, "I'm fine. Like I feel like feeling like I don't, I'm not in pain anymore. Like I was obviously." sad I was yeah, really hurt but but I, physically yeah. I was and I think that was the hardest part I was like you know it's just it's just over so and then because I miscarried at home like you don't know what to do and I think the hardest yeah. part for me was I just like like just flushed the toilet and it was just done you know so that was I think traumatic in itself because I yeah. guess if I would have been think not thinking but like if I would have known I probably would have tried to like save it and like just have like some testing done just to see if there was, and I'm assuming there must've been an issue, but. Yeah. Wow. That's heavy. And there are, you know, for our listeners that we've talked about this in previous episodes, but there are options if you have an early term loss at home to, you know, cremate or bury. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't know what you don't know, but then mm-hmm. you, wish, you wish you knew that information. Yeah. And would you have done something different? Who knows? I mean, you did mm-hmm. what you did in the moment and that's what it is. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting that, um, yeah, your comparison to like physically, then it was just over, but mm-hmm. like the emotional yeah. weight, right? Yeah. There. You know, I, I there's like nothing to connect you with like yeah. physically in pain connects right. you mm-hmm. right and then all yep. of a sudden it's over yeah yeah it was wow. very much like a, a birth like as soon as the baby was out like I felt like my body mm-hmm. just like went right back to normal um so that was in my first miscarriage was in um July of 2020 like I had said um and we were due with that pregnancy in um February of 2021 so it was an, an early term miscarriage um and then right after my miscarriage with our first one, we ended up finding out we were expecting again very quickly. Um, honestly, I I don't even, 
believe I had a cycle between my first miscarriage and I know I didn't have. Um, so we found out we were pregnant really quickly because so my first baby was supposed to be due in February 2021. And then my second baby had a due date of April of 2021. So we got pregnant really quick wow. right after the, excuse me, the first miscarriage. Um, so that the first one was hard. Um, the second one was brutal um, because so with the second pregnancy, I found out very quickly and um, I called my OB again and I said, this was like probably like a month or so after I miscarried the first time. And I said, I just have a, had a pro positive pregnancy test. Is that even possible? And she looked at my chart, but before she looked at my chart, she said, oh, you probably still have some HCG levels left from your previous miscarriage. Um, then she looked at my chart and she said, oh, we have your like labs and everything from your ER visit at Hammett. And she said, technically, those were negative. So she said, I think I need to send you for some more blood work. So she sent me for blood work, and I went that day. And uh, I think later that night, it came up on my patient portal, and mm. it was positive. And um, so I was really surprised, I guess, because it happened so quickly. Um, were you thinking that it was a positive pregnancy test? Or were you thinking like, oh, my gosh, this is still something's not right from me having a miscarriage. Cause I feel like you could be torn in either direction. Right? Yeah, yeah. I felt like that. Like I felt, I wasn't sure what to expect because, um, I had the positive pregnancy test. So I, like I, when I called, I just wanted like the positive HCG level test. And mm -hmm. I could, I just wanted to kind of see where my HCG levels were on paper comparison mm -hmm. to my last, because obviously if they were growing, then that meant I was pregnant again and they were. So I was, uh, I was really shocked. And actually, I remember um, she, the OB office called me again and she kind of laughed and she said, you must be really fertile. And I said, apparently I am because uh, I, um, you know, I, like I said, I didn't have a cycle or anything. It just happened very quickly. Um, How did your husband react? We both kind of just laughed. It was just like a and at that point, like, there was, like, no surprise. I just said, like, I just took a, a pregnancy test. It was positive. Like, I'm going to have blood work done. It came back positive. Um, so we were both, and honestly, at that point, it was kind of sad because for me, I'm not sure, we, I guess we've never had that conversation, but for me, I was like, oh, we're actually going to have a baby this time. Like, I was to me, I, it was more like this can't happen two times in a row. Um, and then it did. So... Mm -hmm. Um, but with Jace, Jace is our second one. Um, his was a late term miscarriage. So right after I had the blood work done, my doctor sent me for another ultrasound and I was kind of just anticipating like the same with the first one, or, like my first pregnancy, um, mm -hmm. not to really see anything because I thought we were pretty early, but, um, as soon as she scanned me. She's like, oh, there's the heartbeat. So she's turned the ultrasound like computer towards me so I could see the heartbeat and that. And I, I can't remember if Cam was with me or not, and, but I think I recorded it. Um, but that to me, I was like, like it gave me like a reassurance because I felt like, oh, we actually have a heartbeat this time. We're right, going yeah. to have a baby. It was very exciting. Um, 
And honestly, we, um, at that point, we were so excited. We actually started like a nursery. My mom came over and painted like the baby's room. We had a crib. Um, so we had, um, oh, so we had another appointment. And at that appointment, it was like, it was like a 12 week checkup with just my doctor. And my doctor asked if, um, I wanted to do the, uh, 12 week, like genetic testing with blood work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I said, I did, I said it, you know, it wouldn't hurt. And especially because our insurance covered it. I said, yeah, we might as well, um, just to see. And so we did. And at 12 weeks, um, we found out we were having a little boy and everything on the genetic testing Mm -hmm. was healthy. She said, Oh, everything looks really good. Um, you're really healthy. Like, you know, we were really thinking we were going to be having another baby or well, having a baby, I guess. And, um, Actually, my cousin and his wife, they had just had a little boy. So they had given us all of, like, the boy clothes. So I was so excited. I was, like, sorting through all the baby clothes. I actually had, and at 12 weeks, I mean, I'm sure some listeners are probably like, oh, she's crazy. But at 12 weeks, um, I was putting, like, clothes in the closet. I was, I had, like, a rocking chair. Like, the nursery, honestly, was, it was all set up. And, like, other than, like, the last minute, like, baby shower things. But that was going to be farther down down the road. Um, so yeah, and then um, I had a few other checkups. I had a few other ultrasounds. I'm going to stop and... you and say, hold on, I'm going to say. Yep. You're not crazy, number one, not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I think the excitement behind a positive pregnancy test just means like you don't, like you're in the moment and you just want to live in that joy. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want anything to take that joy away from mm-hmm. you. So I remember too, my first pregnancy that there was a heartbeat and I was so happy and I was doing Mm -hmm. things, even though, you know, you're 13 weeks pregnant, like you're not even, you know, we got, we got a long ways to go. Yeah. Basically. Um, so yeah, not crazy, not crazy, but having the pregnancy, you know, losing a baby so quickly before and being Mm -hmm. robbed of that Mm -hmm. and you're, you know, you were, you made it further than you were mm-hmm. the first yep. time. And yep. so it's like, it's so exciting. You're like, let's do this. I'm, I want this so bad. Exactly. And it was right. taken from yep. me. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's how I felt. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick, we're going to, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be yep. right back with more of your story tour. Yep. Emma's Footprints has paid for over 130 burials and cremations of babies and over 70 urns and headstones in 2022. Being able to take away the financial stress during a very difficult time for a family is only part of what we do. If our mission tugs at your heart, we encourage you to make a donation that will allow us to continue to serve families that have experienced a pregnancy or infant loss in this community. Head to our website at www.emmasfootprints.com and look for the donate tab at the top of the page. As always, thank you for your support and for allowing Emma's to say yes to families grieving pregnancy and infant loss. Okay, so we were just telling Tori she is absolutely normal and uh, decorating the nursery, yeah. <laughs> being excited for yeah, little one. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, let's let's not we're not crazy. <laughs> Stop no. ourselves that you were living in the moment and you were doing the I things. Definitely was yep. Yeah, you know, as a couple and and parents, and so mm-hmm. okay, take it from there, Tori. So um, 
so yeah, so everything was going great. I had like the genetic testing done. Um, everything looked really good. So I had like, really thought we were having a baby. And then it came time for my um, anatomy scan. And actually we went for the anatomy scan. I was over 18 weeks. And honestly, the anatomy scan itself just was, it was, it was awful. Um, because we walked in or we were waiting in the waiting room and this, the tech came in and she looks at me and she, I don't even think she greeted me. She just said, and thankfully my husband was with me, but she said, I don't even know why you're here. You're too early. We're not going to see anything. And I said, well, I'm over 18 weeks. My doctor sent me here for my anatomy scan. And she responded with, well, I guess we'll see. So we went back. And Tori, I, I, Tori I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you. Yep. Can you hear that, Tracy? Is it like skipping? It is skipping. Yeah. Okay. I, so all let's I just heard was pause the was, Yeah. Yeah. Is, should it, we turn off like, the video or something? Would that help with the... Um, She would have to do that. Tori, can you shut off your video? Sometimes the internet tries yep. to suck your video and audio, and then it. Yep. How just do see I if that do works. that? Mm, that's um, a good question. Um, let me see if I can do it over here. I don't know if I can see people. Oh, did I do it? Yep. There yes. you go. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, and it's actually yeah, that's better. better. I feel like okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, can you start over and say that you went into your anatomy scan? Absolutely. Yep. So I went for my anatomy scan, and um, the anatomy scan itself was was awful because I, um, the lady who scanned me, her bedside manner was terrible. She, um, I don't even think she greeted me. She came out, and thankfully Cam mm -hmm. was there, but she came out to get me, and she said, um, she said, I don't even know why you're here you're too early. We're not going to see anything in this scan. And I what? said, yeah. And I said, well, I'm over 18 weeks. My doctor sent me for my anatomy scan. And she responded with, well, I guess we'll see. So, and I wish if I would have went back, if I could go back, I wish I would have just turned around and asked for somebody else to scan me because that mm -hmm. in itself was like, I didn't trust her to scan me, but she did anyways. So anyways, we went back and I laid down and she started scanning me and I was kind of watching her and her mannerisms. All I asked was, I said, is there a heartbeat? And she just shook her head no. And mm -hmm. so I just turned and I remember just, I was trying to hold it together because I was like, maybe if I, I'm still, like she'll see something then. Um, but I looked up, I was just watching the ceiling and I just started crying. And mm -hmm. I don't know if Cam saw that she shook her head no because I think at first I'm not sure if Cam realized like what was happening yeah so um and then she said um she said I need to call your doctor so she left the room and I just like started sobbing and I like Cam gave me like a hug and we were just kind of waiting for her to come back um so when she came back, and then I was really frustrated because when she came back, she, like, her mannerisms were all lot different. She was like, can I get you anything? And at that point, I just didn't want to be around her because her mannerisms yeah. at first, I was like, oh, like, my initial feeling was like, oh, now you care because, you know, like, we had lost our baby. Yeah. And um, 
And then she said, she didn't even leave the room at that point. She just said, um, she said, well, they might just send you right upstairs. And at that point I was, I said, no, I need to see my doctor because I really didn't have trust in her that I was like, what Mm -hmm. happens if the baby actually is okay? And she's just bitter, you know, at that point, that's how I was feeling. So, um, thankfully my doctor allowed us to come into her office. Um, and she was great. She brought us right back and she, we didn't see her for a little bit, but she gave us a room. So that way we didn't have to be around like other moms that were expecting. Mm -hmm. Um, we did wait in the room for a while. And honestly, it was, that was rough because I was trying to get a hold of my mom and my dad. And my dad was actually away. He was in, um, Illinois at the time. Um, he was on a trip. And so I was trying to get a hold of him and I was trying to get a hold of my mom who was working and neither of them had answered. Um, so my mom called me back and she said, uh, I told her what was going on. And then my dad called me back after like an hour or so. And I was telling him, and at that point we were still waiting to see our doctor, but I was telling him what had happened. And he said, well, are they sure? And I said, well, I'm not sure. We're waiting to see the doctor. Like, I, I really want someone else to scan me just to be sure. Yeah. Again. yeah. Um, and he, he was on a trip with his friends. He goes to Illinois every year. Um, and it was really, I think, heartfelt for me because I could hear him as I'm talking to him, I could hear him packing and he just left. Like he just left to come right mm-hmm. home. Um, which if you don't like Illinois is like a, I think a nine hour drive. So he, that was mm-hmm. in the afternoon. He didn't get home until like two o'clock in the morning that night. Um, so anyways, so my doctor comes in and I kind of told her, like she said, like I, re- I reviewed the scans that they had sent over and I said, can you please, just scan me one more time just to be sure. And she did. She brought in a portable ultrasound machine. And she was very kind, but she was also very matter-of-fact, which was nice because I feel like I just needed a matter-of-fact. And she said, um, yeah, I'm seeing what they're seeing. And the baby had already started swelling. Um, mm-hmm. So he had already been, he was probably gone for like a week or so. So then that was really hard, too, because I thought I had already started feeling him move. So I was, I honestly, when we went to have the scan, like, I, I was completely blindfolded. Like, I wasn't expecting that at all. Had you, at that point, because um, you knew you were having a little boy, what, did had you named Jace? Mm-hmm. Yep, he, his name was already Jace Allen. Um, actually, before we we're dating we had our like when we were dating we had our kids names picked out already so like when we found out we were having a boy we said um oh his name is jace allen and um so yeah we we had already named him wow and so they induced you that day actually no so um she sent me home so meadville i don't believe does that kind of she well she asked me she asked she gave me a few options she said you can go home and just kind of wait for it to naturally go into labor she said we can induce you or she said we can have you can have a dnc and i chose to have a dnc and um she said well if you do that she sent me to pittsburgh to the woman's hospital so i went home that night and the woman's hospital in pittsburgh called me so the next day 
we went to the woman's hospital and had like a consult meeting with the doctor who was going to perform the surgery. And she had to like obviously like prepare my body for the surgery um, because mm-hmm. I had to be completely dilated and everything. So we stayed in the hospital or in the um, hotel that night um, adjoining to the hospital, but um, because she said you have to stay close because sometimes it could put you naturally into labor. So that way we could come right back if I needed to. Yeah. But um, that was hard because we had a two hour trip down to Pittsburgh and we were just kind of in the tar- car, just kind of like we knew it was happening. We knew the inevitable, like we knew we were going to come home without a baby. And we had a lot of had we had a lot of hard decisions to make because I said, I told yeah. Tim, I said, what what do we do with the baby after we have the DNC? Um, you know what, like where do we go going forward? Um, and actually, one of the harder parts too was, so I miscarried. I we found out at the anatomy scan on November eleventh of twenty twenty, and I was nineteen weeks went right the day I had the DNC. Um, wow. and actually that was in November. So I was in my last semester of, um, school. And actually that was, I have a degree in early childhood and special education. So I was actually during that point, I was doing my last week of student teaching. So, oh, wow. um, so I had to call my advisor I had to call my co-op teacher I had to tell them what was going on and I told my advisor I said I don't think I can go back and thankfully it was the last week and she said you have everything in you have a sufficient amount of hours you have all your projects done she said it's okay you're still going to graduate and she said you don't have to go back so thankfully I didn't have to but anyway so um can I pause for a second and say that they wanted you to deliver naturally at home they not at home. They wanted to, um, like they said, I could like naturally go into labor and then just come oh, back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm if like, I wanted to. Um, okay. Yeah. Not at not at nine, 19 weeks. No, they I heard wanted, something they... else, and then I was hung up on the nineteen weeks and being at home <laughs> and concerned. Yeah. No. No. She. Um, yeah. She gave me that option. Just yeah. Um. So anyway, so we got to the. Pittsburgh Women's Hospital, and we were talking with that doctor. And I said to her, what happens if I don't, like, if we don't take the baby home, like, if we don't have his remains? Because at that, we weren't sure what we were going to do. And, um... Did anybody talk to you about your options? Not, well, the doctor did when when we asked her. She said, you can either leave the baby here and we'll take care of his remains or they, we can have like a funeral home, like come and take care of his remains, which is end up what we did. Because actually when I asked her, I said, well, what happens to him if we leave him at the hospital? And I was honestly horrified at her answer because she said they mass cremate and mass burial. And I said, Mm -hmm. that's not an option. I said, we, I'm not going to do that because we have, we would have no idea like where he was. Like, I felt like I would just regret it. So, and again, um, I was student teaching, so money was really tight for us because we had my husband's just income. We had like our house payment, we had everything. So actually I, um, I think I contacted Emma's footprints 
and I was in touch with your organization um, about that. And then I contacted a funeral home in Meadville. And um, so after the DNC was over, um, the funeral home came and like got his remains. And actually, I asked them to do like some pathology on Jace just to see if there was something wrong there. Um, and then, um, yeah, we just, after that, like we just came home and that was really hard just coming home too after the DNC. And I should note too, um, it was during COVID, uh, Pittsburgh Women's Hospital was amazing. Cam was able to come with me, but technically he, like he could see me right as soon as I went in, but there was like a three step down procedure they did after my surgery where like I would have like, I'd come out of anesthesia, then I'd go to recovery, and then I'd go to, like, post-recovery, and he was yeah. supposed to just see me at post-recovery. Well, when I woke up um, from the surgery, I had a, um, I think I had a panic attack, honestly. I I was still really groggy, but I was, um, I just lost it. Like, I was inconsolable. I'm honestly, I'm pretty sure the nurse gave me like some type of sedative or like something just so I would because I I couldn't breathe um and I just kept saying like he's gone he's gone and um I remember the doctor that did my surgery I, I wanted to see her and she came back and I said um I said was he okay and she said he was he was great and she could tell like I was having a really hard time Oh, hold on. <laughs> but she said, um, she said to the nurse, she said, go get her husband. So, like, she allowed Cam to come back with me, which was really nice because then he could, like, kind of comfort me. And I had, like, a familiar face there with me. Um, and I remember, like, Cam, like, just held me and, like, was comforting. And he was obviously having a really hard time, too. But I asked for my phone and I called, like, I remember, I think I called my dad and I just kept saying, and I, of course, I'm still like, I'm still really groggy from the anesthesia. And one of the hardest parts for me was when I called my dad, I could just kept saying, he's gone. Mm -hmm. I just said it over and over and I could hear my dad and he, um, he said, I know. And he was crying. And if you knew my dad, he's a very, um, oh, he's a very strong individual. Like, he doesn't like to show his emotions. So when he was crying, it was harder for me because I knew he was hurting, too. Yeah. We were all hurting. So, um, so I hung up with him and we... I was able to calm myself down enough that we were able to go to like the post and or like the post surgery and um we just kind of waited until they were allowed to like discharge me and then like the dish like we went home and like we had a two-hour car ride home um which was really hard too because we had to yeah. leave without him yeah um and then we uh we got home and just had to like figure out how to move forward um which was really hard too and i think as a mom 
I mean, Cam had a really hard time too, but like myself, I had two miscarriages. And at that point I was like, am I ever going to be able to have kids? Um, which was really hard for me because I knew I always wanted children. Um, and then I also had to weigh in the fact that I knew Cam was going to be an amazing dad. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, what happens if I can't give him kids? So yeah. that was really hard for me, too. That was weighing on me because I was like, what if I find out that I'm the one that can't have kids and this is going to happen? Because I thought, you know, I loved him so much and I knew he was going to be a great dad that I was like, do I just let him go and let him find somebody that can have kids? So that was really hard. Um, and I, I don't know if I ever told Cam that, but that mm-hmm. was something that was really weighing on me because I didn't want to, like, hold hold that away from him. Um, so I think I, that's I, a, really, a really great point. You know, it's we don't just lose our babies. There's all of these other emotional layers mm-hmm. and these conversations we have with ourselves or these yeah. thoughts. And how did you, what does that look like these last three years um, as a grieving mom of two and a, a mom of two living children. How have you, have you guys navigated that? Um, so honestly, like with our first one, like our first one was hard, but our second one, I, I feel like I always more wonder like, what if with Jace, like what if he would have lived and like how different our lives would be? Because I'm sure I would be teaching. I'm sure I would, you know, we, our life would look completely different. Um, Mm-hmm. Which is really, like, it's a really weird thing to think um, because, like, like I wish for Jace to be here, but I also love my two children. So, like, it's hard because, I guess, in a world, like, in, in our world, I know, obviously, that, like, it was either Jace or my two kids. So, it's hard to, like, I guess it's hard for me to feel one way or the other because I don't want to have to pick between them um so another point too was it was hard to navigating because after I went to my six-week follow-up and at that point I knew um my doctor from the woman's hospital in Pittsburgh called me like a week later and they had got the pathology back from Jace and he was completely healthy there was nothing wrong um So that was hard to hear because I was really, not that I wanted something to be wrong with him, but I also did want something to be wrong to kind of give a reasoning for why it was happening. Um, So I went to my six-week follow-up with my regular OB and, and it was raw. Cam didn't go with me. So I was able to like really be open with her. Not that I wouldn't have been open with her, but it was really a more one-on-one conversation with like no interruptions. And I said to her, I said, I can't do this again. Um, I said, I'll, I'll try one more time. But I said, I am really afraid that if I lose one more, like what my mental health would be like. Um, I said, I don't know how I would honestly be able to continue. Because at that point with Jace, with Jace being gone, like I loved him so much mm-hmm. that there were a few times where I just thought like, I just want to be wherever he is. Um, so... My doctor, again, was great. She said, honestly, which was hard to hear, but she said, honestly, I think it's just two bad lucks. She said, I've seen this twice before. Um, There have been two people that have had two 
back-to-back miscarriages, and they have all gone on to have a third healthy pregnancy. And actually, it was kind of crazy because I knew one of the other people. Um, So I reached out to her and was kind of talking with her just for support. Um, But she said, but I I will, she said, I want to run all these labs um, just to make sure there isn't something we aren't seeing. So we did a lot of blood work. We did a lot. We did an ultrasound just to see in all my blood work, the ultrasound, everything came back healthy, which was also really hard for me because, again, I was just looking for some type of reasoning on why, like, I was almost hoping that the blood work would come back with something, um, with something coming up because I, uh, like, I just wanted something to be wrong to have a course of action going forward because it was terrifying and obviously nothing was wrong. So it was terrifying getting pregnant the third time. And honestly, when I got pregnant with our daughter, um, her name is Lainey, um, I got pregnant and I felt like I was just holding my breath the entire time. Um, yeah. Cam kind of yeah. joked. He was really supportive, but Cam kind of joked. He said, I think your OBGYN probably has your phone number memorized because <laughs> I felt like I was just calling constantly. <laughs> um, but my, uh, and I think that's pretty t- normal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um but also to point out too, like through our struggles, um right before we found out we were pregnant with my daughter, my brother and his wife ended up getting pregnant and um I felt really bad because they were really afraid to tell us because they were afraid of like like they didn't want to hurt us. Um right. So they came over And thankfully, Cam kind of had like a suspicion because before they came over, Cam said, Tori, I think they might be pregnant. And he was like kind of preparing me for that, which was really nice because when they walked in, like I already had like in the back of my mind, like they're going to tell us and they did. And so I was able to hold it together when they were there, which was important to me because I didn't want them. I didn't want to take away from what like their joy, like they had a right to be joyful and I didn't want to take away from that um but after they after they told us my sister-in-law and I felt bad with this too because she said but I know you'll be pregnant soon and I know it's going to happen and I felt so bad because I was like here they are they should this is the most exciting thing in their life and they're worried about me you know so I could tell how much they loved me but I also felt so bad because I'm, I felt like I was stealing some of their joy. Um, and then honestly, about three weeks later, we found out we were pregnant with our daughter. So my nephew and my daughter are only seven weeks apart, which is really special. Um, but anyway, so found out we were pregnant with Lainey, just waiting for like the curtain to fall. Um, and I honestly felt like the entire time, like the anatomy scan, each time I went and got scanned, I was just kind of waiting for it to happen, waiting for the, waiting for there not to be a heartbeat, waiting for it to go like, you know, everything to go over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But and it, anyways, we she was a it was a very healthy pregnancy. Um, I got pregnant about three months after we lost Jace, so Lainey was actually born um, November first of twenty twenty one. And we lost Jace on November. We had the DNC on November 13th of 2020. So, um, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, with Lainey's pregnancy, I just felt a lot of anxiety. Um, my doctor was really great because she let me have, like, very frequent ultrasounds. Um, and she actually let me kind of pick who my ultrasound tech was. So I saw the same person every time, which was really nice because I told my doctor at the six-week follow-up, I said, I never want the woman that scanned me when we found out we lost Jace to scan me again. Yeah. Um, so she let me kind of pick a few people to make sure I saw every time. Um, Good job asking for what you need in that yeah. in that pregnancy afterwards, you know. Um, yeah, thank you. And then, yeah, Lainey was born. And even after, like, I feel like when Lainey was born, as soon as, like, she was born, I kind of was like, oh, my gosh, she's actually alive. Um, we actually get to have a baby. And then, um, <laughs> and honestly, I felt like it was just kind of like another thing. But um, because of all the scar tissue I had in my uterus, Lainey's placenta oh. didn't detach. So right after she was born, I had to have another DNC. So I, like, was taken away from her for a few hours. But thankfully, my husband was able to, like, be in the, and at Meadville, the room you deliver in is the same room that you're in the entire time. So mm -hmm. Cam and Lainey were just kind of waiting for me to come back, um, which was really, because Cam and Lainey had, like, that special time together. And it was cute because after I came out of anesthesia, I my first question was, how's Lainey? And the nurse said, they're doing great. I don't think Cam set her down yet. So like, that was really sweet. Um, and then I was able to come back up and like hold her. And they let me, like I was able, as soon as she was born, they put her on my chest. So like I already like had felt her and everything, but I was taken away so quickly that, um, yeah, she, I was able to like really hold her and like um, but I still had a lot of anxiety afterwards um, because, and honestly, I probably should, like, maybe go talk to someone just about, like, everything we had been through. But um, when we got home, um, I felt like there was, we had a pack and play next to our bed. And I felt like Lainey, like, my, my biggest worry was, what if, what happens if she can roll over, gets on her stomach and like suffocates herself? And I, my biggest fear was we finally have her. And I honestly thought we would lose her again. So we ended up co-sleeping. Um, I felt the safest when she was just right next to me. Um, and honestly, she will be two in a few weeks and she still sleeps with us. <laughs> so I feel like I just have to have her with me all the time. Um, which thankfully I'm starting to break that a little because all the summer we've had a babysitter for her. So like I've had like healthy time, you know, away from her, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the then Lainey... of the grieving mom journey, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Lainey was uh, seven months when we found out we were pregnant again. So we have a, we have Lainey and then we have Hunter. So Hunter just turned um, six months old. So, Wow. Um, yep. And Hunter's pregnancy was um, like textbook. It was and his placenta like detached, like everything went how it should. So you guys have been through a lot these last three yeah. years. And I, I think um, I picked up on it. You said maybe you should 
talk to somebody about what you've been through. <laughs> yeah, and we're Hunter is our last one, so we're done having kids. So I feel like our um like this would probably be a good time to like really dig deep into it so that way like yeah, my kids uh you know, I guess aren't I don't know, just sound like a healthy mom, I guess. <laughs> hey, we all we all need that and we all deserve yeah. that. And so yeah. I'm proud of you for now you just got to take that that next step on your grief journey. Yeah. Yep. Um, Thank you so much for reaching out, Tori, and sharing Kate and Jace with us and your mm -hmm. your beautiful family. And yeah, yeah. And I just want to thank Emma's Footprints too, because, um, like I said, with the Jace, we were struggling um, financially a little bit, so it was like a hard thing for us to like. How are we going to afford what Jace deserves? Um, And Emma's Footprints actually paid for like all the funeral, like the cremation and everything cost, um, the urn. So like that was very special to us because we each had a necklace with his ashes in them. Um, then we have a little urn and, uh, like that was special because if it wasn't for Emma's footprints, I'm not sure how we would have been able to do that. So that was, we really appreciated your organization and, um, just what you did for us. Well, it is our honor and pleasure and, and thank you for, sharing that in your words and that's that is our goal and our mission so it's good to yeah. hear that that's how we want the families to feel and so mm -hmm. um <clears throat> that thank you for sharing that so our listeners can hear that yeah absolutely and we, and we help with counseling too so when yep. when you're ready to do that you, you just reach out to us sounds good thank you great and um Again, thanks for sharing your beautiful family and uh, thanks listeners for tuning in. Stay tuned next week for another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother.